Welcome to the Lion's Roar Dharma Center podcast from Dona Darge Temple. This public talk by Lama Yeshe Jinpa was recorded during a regularly scheduled Sunday morning service. Thank you everybody for coming tonight. Some people thought I might already be on retreat, but uh, I'm leaving Saturday morning. But I'll be back uh, July, last Sunday in July, I think. I'm on to talk, right? So <clears throat> we're starting the Buddha Dharma study program and uh, many people in the room uh, have signed up for that and I said this Mondays I would use uh, to talk about the text um, of the month. Uh, so <clears throat> we're going to jump right in with uh, talking uh, about Nagarjuna's Mulya Madhyamika Karka is the uh, fundamental wisdom of the middle way. So some people, I can see, even have brought like uh, Jay Garfield's uh, translation, so that's good. <coughs> the, the program can be audited um, uh, and maybe up until the very end, you won't know <laughs> whether, am I auditing this or am I really going to get the certificate? Because, of course, uh, doing four years of study is kind of like you know, climbing a big mountain, right? So um, I, w I, I would say uh, do it with the intention that uh, you think you can maintain for four years, right? But um, <clears throat> some people might think, well, I'm auditing it, but I'm doing everything, and then you gain momentum, and then you say, okay, I want to do the certificate, right? So my hope is with uh, a four-year certificate um, that includes teachings by uh, our family teachers, I could call them, Kansa uh, Rinpoche and Geshe Sewan and Geshe Senge and Kenshin Rinpoche and Jada Rinpoche and and other lamas that will be part of the uh, program, of course, but um, that then this program will be recognized uh, at least by our friends, right? Uh, at least by uh, Sarah J, um, and uh, then maybe with other groups as well, right? But it's most important that we just do it for ourselves. But it is important for international dharma that people know something about what we're doing here because uh, it's quite unique. We're actually trying to do real um, uh, household yogi scholar practice, right? Um, so that, that's difficult because most of the large Dharma centers are entirely um, needing, you know, in America, not to speak of Asia, but in America, needing like full-time live-in staff to run things, right? We don't have any full-time staff. We have a full-time person in the cottage, right? So you're it. <laughs> but uh, we all have family responsibilities and work responsibilities and health responsibilities. So uh, uh, I've made big pledges to Jada Rinpoche saying, we're going to do this, we're going to do it properly, and we're going to do it while, uh, you know, with families and pets and um, houses and 
things like that, right? We're going to do it whether we're getting married or we're getting divorced, right? We're going to do it whether we're sick or feeling great. We're going to do it whether we're feeling real inspired or feeling discouraged, right? <clears throat> so that's a big deal. Um, most of the programs, uh, they're either entirely residential, like you have to go there, or they're online, right? So we're doing a program where we're, we're here, but uh, we have to drive here, mostly, and then you have to uh, meet with me and the other teachers uh, that come, and you actually have to show up. So it's difficult, right? But it's doable, and that uh, is important. It's doable. So <clears throat> the other thing that's uh, you know kind of unique is I've asked people uh, you know to be refuge students before they take the program. So that's different too, right? Because other programs are kind of that are online. It's just anybody can take. So there's a certain commitment to follow through on that. And then along with the refuge means uh, we're you know, following as best we can the precepts, right? <clears throat> so uh, I, don't, I don't know how people can do their jobs, do this program, and do dharma, and be zoning out on whatever your private addiction is, right? So if you have a private addiction still, <laughs> you know, a distraction, then uh, you can think, well, I've got that five hours a week that I won't be watching blah blah or doing blah blah, right? And so, you know, put all the samsaric distractions and addictions into your practice and uh, you'll probably have enough time. Just think that way, right? <laughs> you'll have enough time to meditate, you'll have enough time to study. So, all our distractions never add anything to our jobs or our relationships or our pets, right? So if we take that and we just put that into Dharma, um, then it's doable. But probably if there are a lot of distractions and entertainments and addictions, it'll be difficult. It's even difficult now, right? So if you think, oh, I'll just manage to do everything, so you'll, that will be impossible. So real initiations and empowerments, um, which isn't emphasized that much in America, uh, mean giving something up. Lamas, lamas in the West don't like to say that, you know. But basically, yes, you're giving up time, you know. And sometimes it's it's our precious little like fun time, right? But uh, if you give that up, then uh, you'll have time to do the program, right? So, you know, Sunday afternoons. Some things sometimes, you know, I like to go shopping or something just to keep. I'm rereading everything myself, doing everything, and then I have to read what you write or do. So I'll, I'll probably have to give up my famous Sunday shopping, you know, so like that. That's a sacrifice, okay? So, <laughs> no, I won't have too much time for, you know, like fat stuff, really, but I don't need it. So, so that's fine. But I know everyone here has you want to examine that there's going to be something to complete the program, let alone become Buddhas, that you'll have to get up, give up, right? And until you become complete Mahasiddhas and can manifest dually or manifest millions of bodies and you can travel through space and time, 
you can only be one place and one at a time, right? And you'll have to go along with conventional time. But it's doable. And, um, you know, my teachers here actually want to see if it's doable. So I do feel a little bit of pressure, I've mentioned before, right? I do feel a little bit of pressure. <laughs> so, uh, but I do have the backing, you know, uh, all the teachers that have come here, and you do too. So. <clears throat> uh, one of the most famous uh, quotations that's uh, quoted, of course, by Lama Tsongkhapa and succeeding teachers uh, and teachers before is verse 18 from chapter 24. Whatever is dependently co-arisen, that is explained to be emptiness. That, being a dependent designation, is itself the middle way. I'm reading actually from uh, Jay's uh, page 93. Of course, many of you have probably read all the verses already, original, but uh, I'm leaving it up to you to um, be honest and not read the commentary before you've read the verses. Deal? But I'm just giving you a little jump start. This is from chapter 24. Whatever is dependently co-risen, that is explained to be emptiness. That being a dependent designation is itself the middle way. Uh, um, how many people are, are, reading, are reading the verses in the program now? Yeah, good. All right. <coughs> The, the style of Indian scholasticism uh, was toward terse, pithy instructions, right? Like, can you say it in the most direct way possible? But also you should know the audience for the karakas, the verses, uh, were, were generally professionals, right? Should be clear on that. You know, this isn't just like, uh, this isn't, uh, there was no Facebook or on the web, you know. This was, this was actually to uh, Arjuna's students, right, who were already doing a lot of study, and to talk to other people who are students of other teachers and so forth. So he's already talking to a very highly uh, motivated, educated, uh, you know, population. That makes sense, right? So we, we should take that into context, you know, like who's the audience? The audience is people that have already done a lot of study and practice. And he's speaking to that. So, but everyone here has done some study and practice. But still, when we read it, just like we're reading um, Heart Sutra, uh, it's very cryptic. If it makes sense right away, you're in trouble. If it seems completely obvious right away, you're not struggling with it. You're just glossing over it. It's, it's meant to be uh, like Jeffrey Hoppins uh, translated one of uh, the texts, um, emptiness yoga or scholarship yoga. It's meant to twist you up in a prestal and then liberate you. So it should be difficult 
it should it be it should be like I don't get this or where is it going with this? It's it's meant to be challenging and it's it's meant to be um, uh, a little bit discouraging. That makes sense, right? Or it makes sense if you've already read it. <laughs> the uh, traditional style of teaching is um, in, a, in a monastery and probably in Tibet and in India was like um, you don't know anything and or everything you know is wrong because we're generally which is true because we're generally looking at everything through uh, a completely dualistic framework taking everything as inherently existing uh, taking mind and everything as being separate. <clears throat> Even though he's speaking using Dharma logic, uh, of course, in the tradition, he's speaking from uh, his own experience also, right? So, uh, actually, within the tradition, is uh, Nagarjuna sometimes is uh, seen as still alive. And lived for like, or li- at least lived for like about 700 years and also was like kind of uh, a Mahasiddha. Some people are familiar with 84 Mahasiddhas, right? And alchemist and so forth. So maybe if you become uh, skilled in Buddhist logic and you'll live a long time. So... It'll take you a long time. Okay. So, if it seems obvious right away, there's a problem. It means you probably have already some fixed idea of what Dharma and emptiness is, and you're kind of glossing over it a little bit. It's been lubricated. So, uh, the verses... And just like pith instructions in Dzogchen or Mahamudra are not meant to be lubricative, <laughs> if that's a word, right? They're not lubrication. You should kind of go, when reading the verses, there should be, wait, what? You know, like a little kind of stop short. Maybe, maybe we can pause for a second and see, has that been anybody's experience? That little bit kind of like, hmm? Yeah. Now, now no one wants to say, oh, it's easy. <laughs> it's both. Not yet. <laughs> yes. So, it's extremely difficult reading the verses. Yeah. So, I don't want to continue to read them once I start because I feel really overwhelmed. Yeah. Because I'm thinking way too much. Trying to figure it out. Yeah. But I want you to. Can we, can no, no. Just <laughs> one section? And no, 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 just, you, you've got to, you know, just, you've got to read the whole okay. thing. All right. It's meant to stop, you know, it's meant to stop the intellect. That's, some, that's dualistic. Okay. So if we really go, well, I don't understand, and then I'm, we just want to go to a commentary, or Jay's very good commentary, you know, then, then we're not getting it. Yes, sir. Is that because we tend to like, like try to conceptualize things and this is something that's beyond just regular conceptualization? 
It, it's different than the way we'd normally think, yes. So it, it is a workout. It's meant to be a workout. So Well, generally you would, of course. You know, but at least, you know, at least we're reading them all the way through. We're just reading them, right? So uh, it, it is meant to, in a way, stimulate a lot of thinking. That hopefully the next verse might, you know, elucidate or might make you think more. But it, it is meant to stir things up, not just clarify. Yes, again. So would you recommend keeping on reading even if we feel like I'm not getting any of this anymore? Should I, like, what's the point of keeping reading if I don't get it? I, yes, absolutely. I just said you should keep reading it. Yeah. You should just read it through, you know. And you may have to read it through a second time or a third time. So, because it isn't just getting the idea, but it's getting the way of talking, the way of presenting the argument, so to speak. If you don't get the, that, then you're missing so much of it. Yeah, it's, it's the yoga of how it works. Yes, Ellen. Yeah. There is a con-like quality to it, because they're they're very pithy, and so you know they're they're not smoothed over, you know, and and homogenized or you know Gerber baby foodized, you know. So they're they're meant to like really you know make you like want to uh, you know slow down, stop the mind a little bit. Yeah, so. That that part we we want to experience uh, on a practice level. How when we're reading something like this, how we will generate lots of thoughts and see how easy we do that, right? And then also we need to see how it will stop thoughts. Otherwise, we're just kind of reading commentary. You know, we're just kind of it, uh, like that. So you know we we have to kind of follow how how it's gone. It's it's somewhat like poetry or a play, you know, because it it builds on itself, and it's meant to have not not just some information, but some there's a style of, of practice in it. So as I said, if if it looks like you're understanding it right away and it's really easy, um, then uh, you're not doing it. Properly, it should feel like awkward. Yes. What would you say about an approach of reading a few verses, meditating, reading a few verses? Uh, that's one way also to read and then uh, to contemplate, uh, you know, and so there's a, uh, you know, there's a very classical way of, of learning in Dharma where we're hearing it, then we're contemplating it. Contemplating means we're taking it in and we're, we're mixing it in with the rest of what we know and we're 
we're finding examples and you know we're turning it over uh, until we come to some kind of uh, uh, stability right and then and then we're resting the mind on that so uh, when when we're doing shamatha right we're developing very calm clear stable presence right very calm mind we can put something on something even very boring and I'll just stay there or we can put something on very exciting and I'll just stay there too, right? And when you want to move it, it will move. So you, you're picking a phenomena that you can you know, develop your uh, shamatha on, whether it's visualization or flower <laughs> or, or uh, you know, even breath or mind itself. You can do shamatha on mind itself, right? So... Then you want to do analytical meditation, which is you're looking into the essence of it, right? You're looking into the essence of what the phenomena is. So it's either going to be like outer phenomena, right? Or inner phenomena, or self, or the nature of mind itself, right? So we're, we're starting to analyze. So if the mind were like this, or if thoughts were like this, or emotions were like this, it should do this. So we're... We're not just contemplating anymore. We're doing analytical meditation, right? We're we're really seeing like what are the how are the if 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 the mind was like this, if the self was like this, this should be the result when we do this. Just very much like scientific. Uh, so that when we're doing that analytical, we're actually the analysis mind becomes uh, a shamatha mind. The analysis mind becomes as peaceful and as stable as the uh, non-analytical shamatha. So then they're balanced. The shamatha vipassana is balanced. The analytical and the stabilizing meditations are balanced. So it is possible you read uh, the verses and then you kind of like, okay, talking about causes and conditions. Okay, causes and conditions. What could that be? And we could, you, it would be possible to do an analytic meditation uh, probably after a shamatha meditation. <laughs> you probably do a contemplative, like, what cause and conditions? Where else have I heard causes and conditions? Like, oh, that's, uh, yeah. And, and then you, you pull it apart, uh, you know, then you do a shamatha, and then you do an analytic. So it's contemplation, shamatha analysis, right? That, that's more involved, right? But that, that is possible to do it that way. That, may, that doesn't necessarily make it easier, however, just to take a couple of verses. If you take a couple of verses, um, like you're just looking at causes and conditions, right? People have already read causes and conditions who have read it, right? So uh, you're going... It, it's still, to do a real contemplation... Uh, you, you would pull in, well, what, what do I know about causes and conditions in my practice already? Not from samsara, you know, not from just regular life, but, you know, what do I know about causes and conditions already that I've heard in Dharma? That's contemplation, right? So it'd be like, I, mean, I, I was not very good at English at college, but, you know, if, if Shakespeare was saying something in one play, you, you would you would compare it to other things that Shakespeare said in other plays to figure out what, what Shakespeare would mean in this play, right? Anybody in English major here? No? Yeah. Is that right? So, yeah. So, 
if, if, if you're doing religious studies like I did and you, you wanted to know, like, uh, you take Book of John, they're all written in Greek, right? So you, you'd find out, well, where is psyche or soma used and how is it used in each different sentence? You do a philological uh, comparison, right? So you get some idea, like, it's used differently in different ways, so this must be a consistent meaning. That's doing contemplation, right? But that still doesn't necessarily, you're getting a definition, kind of, but, and then, then, you would, uh, then you would do analytical meditation on that. Analytical meditation would be uh, just causing conditions like um, looking for, is this too detailed? This is practice stuff, right? You can follow this. It's easy, right? So you, you, you would look at, uh, particularly since many of you had Mahamudra, like, well, is, is a thought arising without a cause or not? Can you find the cause of the thought arising? Can you find the cause of mind, you know? So that's doing the analytical, right? Then you do the analytical, which would be easy for all of you because you've done shamatha, you've done some vipassana, you've done mahamudra, and then you reach some kind of certainty about uh, the nature of, of awareness, right? When you reach certainty, you rest there, right? You don't keep going, well, now I've got to keep analyzing certainty, right? <laughs> <laughs> so you stop there, right? And then you... You like dwell in, you know, Parajnaparamita, right? You don't keep thinking well. If you keep, if you keep thinking well, there's something beyond this, then you're not doing Mahamudra and Sokchen. So you rest, right? So you could take one verse from Nagarjuna and then follow it long, you know, just like great teachers like, you know, of course, Longchenpa and, and all these other great teachers, Mipam Rinpoche would just take, and then you do the Shamatha, Vipassana, the analytic, and, and then. Uh, and you trust. But you could read it all the way through. You know, you could do it either way. You're on. Yeah. 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 You know, the approach is So you should just start with the dedicate dedicatory verses. I prostrate to the perfect Buddha, the best of teachers, who taught that whatever is dependently arisen is unceasing, unborn, unannihilated, not permanent, not coming, not going, without distinction, without identity, and free from conceptual construction. Now, that's a scream? Is that a scream? Or? No, no, no. It's not a scream. Oh. That's like the most delicate and lovely part of this. The rest of it is like yeah. Yeah. This is a really, you know, the dedicatory verse is a little bit easy because it always looks kind of just positive. Oh, we, we love that. Oh, it's non-conceptual, uninhibited. So, but the most of the verses he's doing is Giving something and then taking it away, right? Yeah. Well, that's called refuge and renunciation. 
You thought you had something, but you don't. Okay? So that's the essence of Dharma. You thought you had all this stuff which you needed, and you don't need it. In fact, it's getting in the way. So if we have a gaining mind, then it's going to be difficult. We think, well, I want this sublime, uh, unimpeded mind of awareness. Then that's got to be a special little animal out there, right? So we know that the process actually all along is uh, we're, we're just letting go of what we never needed in the first place. So it's kind of painful, right? Because we've collected so many ideas about how it should be, and then we've got to let go. Yeah, so you can keep screaming. It's fine. That could be useful. I know when we tear a flesh off, we scream. So that, you know, but it might get, it might feel lightening up too. Yes, yes, your name, sir. I can't remember. James, thanks. James. Yeah. When you went through, what was helpful? Went through what? Uh, what was helpful is reading it with a group of people. Um, and uh, uh, you know, really, really digging into it, right? So having like little study groups or debate was actually helpful, like that. So we we would kind of challenge each other, like that. And when I was studying at Naropa, I think actually Reggie Ray threw some chalk at me. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Stop asking these questions. So. Um, not necessarily bad question. So, yeah, you know, basically we have to have a very strong uh, bodhicitta to to do this, you know, absolute and relative. Because after all, it's, it it would seem like too tiring. But it's meant to be kind of awkward. So, uh, I like challenging myself. So my most recent challenge, just simple challenge, is. Uh, you know, so I'm trying to learn Sanchin Karate from from Robert Nakashima, right? So, you know, it's like these are movements that you just don't do regularly. So everything has to be like, you know, just kind of like a do this, and you know, you have, you know, I just feel my awkwardness continually throughout the whole thing, right? So that that somehow we have to embrace that, but uh, we keep working through it. If if it feels like easy, then we're not doing it. If, if it feels like you're walking uphill, then that's a good thing. So we could have like different groups. The screamers could go with Elizabeth. Like, ah, oh, I hate this stuff. Ah, oh, oh, this is bad. You know, you could have the inspirers go, it's really hard, but I love it. I love it. You know, so we have different Buddha families. You know, we could, you know. So, so it is meant to be challenging like that. Yes. Yeah. And then when I got to the commentary, you were sort of explained. Yes. For example, it's like fourfold, the fourfold logic. That's right. Pattern. Yeah. I wanted to go like Wikipedia or something and look up fourfold as I was going through it. I mean, it seems like there's sort of a level of understanding that's anticipated in, in material. Yeah. Do you just go with that and the commentary? Or yes. Just doing yes. Yeah. You see, um, the traditional style is you're learning and re- memorizing texts before you actually know what they mean. And there's a reason for that. It isn't just some stuff, you know, stupid Asian thing we're doing, you know. 
uh, and it's actually, you know, in cultural colonialism, you know, a lot of times Westerners are educated West, Western University. Well, that's stupid. They don't know what they're saying. But what happens is you have the words with you in some organized way. So when you have the experience, then they match up. Okay? There's a reason for doing it that way. Where stupid people, they think, I'm going to have the experience, and then I'll go searching for the words. And then you become a hungry ghost. So you, 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 you should have a little bit of like, well, I'll, I guess I'll find out what the four you know, blah blahs are. And you know, so if we skip ahead and we, you're going all over the place, then that's a problem. So that's why it takes a lot of bodhicitta because, uh, you know, we're we're kind of going, you know, we're we're having to say to ourselves and the teacher is saying to us like, yeah, it's not clear right now. I get it. You know, uh, you thought you'd see the summit by now, but you got to keep climbing. So it builds up this kind of passion to kind of keep going, but in a certain uh, methodology. So today, I just want to point out, you know, there's a certain methodology. Whereas if we skip it, we'll we'll have Dharma information, but we won't have really learned it the correct way. So when I get to the commentary, I can use the little Kindle thing to click on a word that goes to Oxford Dictionary and explains the English the English version that I should make sure not if I was wrong. The English version of. Yeah. Well, yeah. If you don't, if you totally like, don't know. Yeah. And he doesn't explain the word. You know, there. He. Yeah. He throws out some, you know, philosoph. And I was a philosophy major too. So he feel. I mean, he's writing this for actually kind of Western philosophers. So yeah, he does throw out some big words. But um, you you don't want to slow down too much. You know. You know. Just. You know that you want to get the basic flow. You know. This is just. We're starting at kind of the top here, in a way. But that's the proper way to do realization practice, is you start right at the very top view, and then when you realize you don't know what you're talking about, then, then you start at the base again. But you've seen the top. So, uh, you know, yeah, look up some of the things, but don't get sidetracked, because there's, there's a lot of um, steady, you know, going forward. Yeah, otherwise we'll... We'll be driving to San Francisco, and you'll stop in Davis, and you'll never get there. Mm-hmm. Right? This is nice. Shopping's great. Why go? <laughs> so much longer. Yeah. Not. Yes, sir. How much are you expecting us to really know of this? Like, organization level? What's in each chapter level? Like. That's a good question. So, uh, I, and the most important thing is, uh, you know, developing certain paramitas for starters. So you're developing all the paramitas of, you know, giving and patience and discipline, right? So there's a scholastic discipline. So um, the most important thing uh, is the methodology. Okay is the path. All right, so after you establish, you know, so if you say, I want to go to San Francisco, then you, you want to know, like, what's the quick path to get there, right? 
But if you spend the whole time researching what you're going to do in San Francisco, but you don't know how to get there, then it won't do you any good. And that's what kind of misleads America and just other Dharma students too. You know, you're just reading up about San Francisco, but one, you never go, and you still don't know how to get there. So the methodology is the most important. Well, we're getting to learn. We're getting, yeah, we're getting to learn the methodology of, you know, how the Buddha talked and and Nagarjuna and the other great teachers up to, you know, present teachers. The methodology is 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 the essence. The it, it's not like coming to, you know, it's not like I get it. So how they talk about this? Well, how we approach it. You see, it's how you approach it. Yeah, how you approach it is, is not correct, otherwise you'd be a Buddha now. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Sorry, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we're, 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 we're learning a certain way of, of knowing. We're, we're putting ourselves in a program and learning a certain way of knowing. Because if we approach it from the regular dualistic way, then, then we won't get there. If we approach it particularly in just Western scholastic way. We're training that, so the nice thing about Jay is he's, he's speaking in that two voices, right? But if we really approach it just from the way we went through college or grad school or kindergarten even, we're, we're not going to get it. So we're thinking about Nagarjuna's argument and we're thinking about Nagarjuna's mind and presentation. Well, you, don't, you won't, I don't know mind, you know, you're not thinking like, what was he thinking when he was writing it? You're just delving in. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we, we have to actually, you have to go through, you actually have to meditate instead of reading about meditation. We actually have to meditate. You actually have to study instead of reading about study. That's the problem. So that's why, you know, like yoga and martial arts, let alone, you know, when we start doing Salung practices. You don't want to read up on Salung practices too much, right? Because then you'll think, well, I got it. I don't have to do it. You have to do the methodology, you have to do the yogas, right? Yeah. I know, it's frustrating because we want to get to the answer at the end, right? But, uh, like in the, um, I think it's uh, the ninth, ninth, eighth or ninth Karmapa's Mahamudra prayer, you know, where he says, if you say this is it, you've missed the point, right? You say this is it. Oh, this is it. That's, that's Mahamudra. You know, then you've missed it. You can't say this is it. It's interesting, isn't it? <laughs> you can't say, yeah, that's it. I got it. You know, no. You know. So the methodologies we're learning a kind of way of, of being uh, like that. So it's 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 different, you know, yeah, I know it's difficult. One last question maybe. Well good, okay. Yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe Connor and I can put that together. Yeah, it's done. But yeah, we might have missed a few people.
No. We, do we have Roberta on that? Are you on the uh, email list now? Are you? I just can say I missed both battles on Yeah, I thought I could pick the best Yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah. I had people sign up on my birthday or, or would you sign up on the birthday or, or do we sign up on, uh, yeah, week before? Yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah. So, you haven't sent. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Good. Just yeah. Just yeah. So uh, this is actually the genuine. You you have an idea, of course, in a monastery course of study, how you generally go. But um, we're actually doing authentic way, which means very tutorial and very in-person, like that. So it takes a lot of faith, you know, you, like, like, okay, I don't know where a lama's going with this, but, you know, we're doing it, like that. I mean, you know in general, right? But it, it's always going to have some, you know, uh, situational uh, responses and changes, right? So you can't you can't just print the whole curriculum for four years like that. No syllabus. Well, you can have a general syllabus, right? We've gone over general view, meditation, <laughs> action, conduct, view, or reading basic, you know, texts which all the schools read. We're the second year. We're going to be reading uh, meditation manuals all the way from Shamatha up to Mahamudra and Dzogchen, which another programs do not do, right? Uh, so then, third year we're reading like discipline and precepts and you know how to get along with each other, resolve disputes. So kind of a modern kind of vinaya. And then fourth year we're doing debate and. Uh, comparison between different schools and viewpoints, right? You know, and you have to keep doing all the regular practices you've already committed to and showing up here. So that's that's big, right? But I also know people will be going at different levels, different speeds. So I'm making it tutorial. Otherwise, we'd always have, you know, we just have the class meets and then. You drop out or something. No, you just where each one's being individualized. So that's takes a lot of you know. That's actually stressful for me, right? It'd be, yeah, it's more work for me. But you know, then then it's really individualized, like that. Mm. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, it's just it's because my stubbornness. I I must do it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, thank you. You know, so uh, you you can have uh, like they're thrilled. They, you know, my friends, you know, Kansarimshe and Kenshinrimshe, the Geshe. They're thrilled. They're thrilled. We're doing it, so we have to do it. I can't let them down. You know, now I mean, like, but you know, uh, but it's sometimes shocking a little bit. You know, like that. So. I've said shocking things. I remember uh, when I first met Sabina like 20 years ago, 
she's, you know, just kind of reading Dalai Lama books. And I said, you know, I'd rather cut off my finger than break Samai with my teacher. And she thought I was kidding. You know what I'm saying? She thought I was kidding. Like, no, no. I said, no, that's, you have to think that way, right? That's the correct way to think, like that. That's not like metaphor. But I have all my fingers. <laughs> like that. I know, no kidding. Yeah, like that. Yeah, so that's why we don't, you know, the, the pledges we're taking, that's, that's an important part of the practice. So we're saying, you know, I'm, I might bitch all the way up the mountain, but I'm going to get up the mountain. So I don't, actually, I, people's complaints don't bother me as long as you're doing it. Right? I mean, yeah, of course. If you're saying it's hard, then then that's that's true, right? Uh, you know, I was like, uh, I, I've told the story before, but uh, many years ago, when Chodron Rinpoche came, you know, when we were still on Watt Avenue, you know, like uh, <laughs> he said, "Well, this is always a catch," you know. I was like, he said, "Well, how's?" How's your Dharma practice going? I've told you the story, right? And I, and I said, oh, you know, I love doing Dharma, it's easy. Big mistake, you know, he just lost his shit. And said, no, you know, like, it is not easy, you know, like, he didn't walk out of the room, but almost. He said, you don't need me here then. I'm wasting my time here. Like that, no, it wasn't like, no, Dharma's, you're right, Dharma's hard. No, it was like, like it was kind of scary. He's going, you know, uh, no, you don't. Well, if it's easy, then why am I here? You don't need me here. And then he's looking at his attendants like, why are we here? You know, and then I started getting freaking out. And I go, no, I just meant compared to samsara, it's easy. It's really hard. You know, it's hard work, but it, we're going in the right direction. Then he goes, okay, okay. All right, I'll stay and give the talk. But it didn't make that mistake again, right? So like that, but uh, you know. So yeah, if you want to get a teacher riled up, just say, "Well, it's easy." You no, know. so they know it's, a, it's easy all the time. huh? Is that why you? Say yeah, it's easy? yeah, because it's not. It's not. It's, it's hard work. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So uh, uh, we'll we'll get the information out so that uh, you know uh, people can do it. So, uh, but you know, to to really fulfill the, all the requirements, of course, will be difficult, but doable. And then it will mean something to you, and it'll mean something to you know uh, people around the world, right? So, uh, I'm nobody special, but because I studied with a really eminent, wonderful teacher. Then I have some respect in the community. They said, Oh, you studied with him. Like that. <laughs> oh. You know. Uh, so, you know, that, that, that meant something, right? So it'll mean something for us and, and for the rest of the community. Like, it'll say, Oh, people can be householders, they can be tantrikas, they can be scholars, and they can do it. So that helps as bodhisattva practice, right? It's inspiring to others. You don't have to. If you want to become monk or nun or want to go on retreat, that's fine. But then we say we can do it here. That's the idea. 
So uh, keep reading like this. Looks like this, right? Okay. So we should take break, and then you should do like uh, short meditation. <laughs> the most important thing in meditation: decide ahead of time what what you want to do, and then just stick with it, right? So if you do shamatha, you know. So even even if like Tara herself shows up, then you say, oh, "Hold on, <laughs> I'm doing <laughs> I'm doing shamatha," you know. But if you decide, okay, I'm I'm doing Dzogchen or Mahamudra, then 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 you've got to stick with it, right? We say I'm doing Vajragini or Chakrasavara or something like that, or I'm doing you know just Urgenmenla or just basic guru you know, just stick with it. So you, 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 if you decide ahead of time, I want to read a verse, then meditate and contemplate, then, then do that, but then you have to stick with it. <laughs> yeah. But I found my new practice here. This is my... <laughs> you know, Garchin Rinpoche, the... Dugan Kargu Lama, you know, he's always spinning. Yeah, he's always spinning, you know, so maybe this is it. (laughs) (laughs) So this study program is a big deal. I appreciate it. I've been talking it up. I wanted people to have enough background. So start reading, and then, uh, you know, I'll give my next lecture at the end of the month. Yeah, so please support each other if you want to... have study groups, you know, like that. But the methodology is the important thing. Yeah. What's the methodology? The methodology is uh, actually letting go of stuff, right? You all have stuff you don't need, right? So it's okay. You can drop the rock, right? Brian knows that phrase, right? Drop the rock. Okay. All right. See you in a while. This has been a Lion's Roar Dharma Center recording. For more information, visit lionsroardharmacenter.org.